get all my buttons pushed. We are live out of the office, living light outdoors on a Saturday night, man. Um, once again, kind of bringing this to you on a uh, Saturday night instead of Sunday morning. This is my Sunday morning message. I will be once again preaching at a local church here in Still uh, Stillwater, here in Perkins, uh, Cimarron Worship Center. I'll be I'll be there at ten forty-five in the morning for worship, and then I'll bring the word somewhere around eleven ish, eleven fifteen, somewhere in there. And um, we've got a, <laughs> I've got a, a message prepared that I'm excited about, stoked about. I pray that anybody that's in the area, if you don't have a church to go to, if you're not, uh, if you're not locked into a ministry already, and you're not got plans to be at another service tomorrow morning, man, come join us at Cimarron Worship Center on the 177 Highway coming into Perkins, right next door to the Sasser Building. Can't miss us. You'll love this message. It's going to be a good one. I guarantee you. Uh, I'm excited to bring it. I have brought a little bit of it Wednesday night, and uh, supposed to be Bible study turned into a prayer meeting. So <laughs> hopefully, um, hopefully we're we're still on track. So um, with that, I, I wanted to jump in here tonight. I wanted to to bring a message here. And listen, I got to tell you, <laughs> it's getting harder and harder and harder to figure out what to speak, what to say, what to do, because God's pouring things into me very quickly. I have an entire stack of messages sitting over here. The God just keeps bringing, keeps sending. Uh, I keep writing them down. I keep putting them together, um, and I'll bring them. I'm, I'm going to bring them as quickly as I can. Uh, it may get to where we're doing a little more broadcasting than just uh, just Sundays and Wednesdays. We may start doing some extra stuff. I do on the podcast already. I do do a little extra stuff on the podcast. So if you're not if you're not following us on the podcast, you really do need to jump on there. Haven't been on there extra in a little bit. Um, been busy. A lot of things going on, so also had a head cold, and it sounded like I was talking in a tin can. So uh, hopefully, getting rid of all that stuff and getting back on track. And anyway, tonight I want to I want to catch us up. If you'll remember, several of the messages we were doing were kind of in a in a series style format where we had a like a wilderness guide, a teacher, if you will, and 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 we're being the student. And I, and I want to cap that tonight. I want to bring us all the way to the end of. The messages that I had in that series, we kind of veered off of those. God put some other things in in mind. So I'm going to come back and finish that. So this will kind of be the finish of that series that we were doing there. And this, this message tonight is actually called the Midbar. The Midbar, M-I-D-B-A-R, the Midbar. So we're going to catch up with our wilderness guide, and we're going to uh, trans, transport ourselves back along the line of this journey that we've been on. Uh, in, in our in our experiences that we've had with our guide. Well, he took me out in the desert to an immense valley surrounded by reddish mountains, which turned increasingly purple and blue as they extended out into the far distance. What words come to your mind, asked the teacher, when you look at the desert, the wilderness? I responded with dry, barren, hot, maybe severe, hard, forbidding, and when people go through hard times, times of loss, crisis, tragedy, loneliness, conflict, hardship, problems, separation, tears, they speak of going through the wilderness. And yet the wilderness, as we've seen in the past, is a holy place. It, it was in a desert wilderness that God gave his law, his word, and, and, and where he revealed his presence, the wilderness is holy. So the hard times 
in our lives are holy. For those who are his children, those who are followers of Christ, those who belong to him, yes. Even our wilderness times, even our hard times, even our times of loss, even our crisis, even our tragedies, even our loneliness, even our conflict, those things that make us cry, the, the, these, these separational feelings, these, those literally become holy places. How so, I asked. Well, in Hebrew, the wilderness is called the Midbar. Midbar comes from the root word Debar, and Debar means to speak. What is in the wilderness? It is the Midbar. And what is in the Midbar? It is the place of God speaking, the place of his voice. All throughout the Bible, we see these references to the wilderness experiences of Moses in the burning bush and Elijah in the cave, David in hiding out. I mean, we, we see all of these wilderness times, uh, even Jacob wrestling with the angel of the Lord, refusing to let go until God blessed him. So th those types of times are what we're talking about. It, it's where God especially talks to us. Why did he bring his people into the wilderness, into the midbar? So he could speak to them. He brought Moses into the midbar to speak to him in still small voice. So too, he brings us into wilderness experiences that he might speak to us. What, what, is, what is it about the wilderness that makes it a place of God speaking? Look around you, he said. What do you see? Rock, sand, mountains? Not much. That's why, said the teacher, God speaks to us, but we don't hear because in our current situations, we have way too many distractions. When's the last time that you got quiet enough to hear the words of the Lord being spoke to you? When's the last time that you heard his still small whisper in your life? But the, in, in the wilderness, the distractions are gone. So God brings us to the wilderness that we might hear his voice. Now, I'm going to reference that just a little bit. Because when you think about it, we think about these wilderness experiences, these tough times. Why is it that, 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 that our difficulties allow us to hear God's voice better? Think about it for a minute. Usually when we're struggling, usually when we are fighting for things, usually when we are seeking the Lord, we find ourselves in these places of difficult times really crying out to God for answers. We're drawing closer to him during those times. That's exactly what he's asking from us. That quietness. Remember Elijah in the cave. I, I love talking about this one. Elijah is one of my favorite characters to, to follow in this because here's Elijah hiding out in his wilderness. And what does he find? We have a landslide. We have, we have a mountainous region. We have, we have all these things that take place. This, this earthquake, a fire, a storm. All three times God says, I'm, I'm not in the fire. I'm not in the earthquake. I'm not in the storm. And then he whispered the still, small voice. He was in the wilderness in a still, small voice. How incredible is that? How beautiful is that? Therefore, not to fear... Or, or we're not to fear or despise the wilderness in our lives. And don't despise his removing of the distractions. I, I, I preached a message, I believe it was last Saturday night, 
And I, and I used a story from John Bevere where he was talking about his wilderness experience where he, he literally went on a camping trip. He, he went out to, to, to seek the Lord for some answers in a difficult time in his life. And, and when he got out there, he cried and he prayed and he sang songs of worship. And he, he spent like three or four hours doing this. Nothing. Crickets. He didn't hear God speak. And man, he was frustrated. He, went to, he just went to bed. And he, and, and he describes that every demon in hell was in his dreams that night. Coming after him, attacking him. He struggled, he flipped, he flopped. He didn't sleep, he didn't rest. The next morning he's hiking on a, on a, on a wilderness trail. This mountain is wherever he'd gone to camp. And in the process of his hike, he said, Well, God, you know, I guess I'll just pack up and go home because apparently you're not going to talk to me. Y'all ever been there? I mean, you ever been in that situation where life is so tough, the challenges of things that are going on in your life are so hard that, that oftentimes we find ourselves going, well, okay, God, you're just not going to talk to me? Fine. I'll just go home. You know, I'll take my ball and I'll go home. I'm done playing this game. We often do this. I've done it, and I know others who have done it. But listen to what happened in the Veer story. When he says this, in this still, small whisper, into his spirit, he hears the simple word, fight. And he heard that word and it sparked him. And in that sparking, he began to pray out loud. He began to pray scripture. He began to speak the word of God. And as he began to speak the word of God, he got fired up. And he began to cry up and down that mountain's path and he was calling out the name of the Lord and he was calling out using scripture and, and, and it revived him it, it restructured him it put him right back where he belonged it fed him it strengthened him and he left that experience fired up and in more power than he'd ever walked in before that's what wilderness things can do for us when we shut up we quit we quit whining we quit crying and we say, God, I need you to speak to me now. And I'm just going to listen. I'm going to listen for that still, small voice in the wilderness. And that is exactly when he pours into us. Maybe you need to start praying some scripture. Maybe you need to start singing out the, the words of God in as loud a voice as you can sing them. Maybe you need to begin to speak the things of God as though they are, even though you don't see them happening in your life. As you begin to do those things, it puts fire in our soul fire in our spirit and it strengthens us and it encourages us listen I'm, I'm talking from experience here I, I have had to have this in my own life because there's many many times I face challenges I don't know how to get through I don't know the answers to I, I've got questions and I've got problems and I'm I don't know how to get to the other side of that all I know to do is begin to cry out the Word of God and I begin to speak the Word of God over those circumstances over those issues and over those struggles and allow him the room to work. Amen. So don't fear or despise the wilderness of your life and don't despise his removing of the distractions around you. Rather embrace it, draw close to him and listen to what he is saying. Seek to hear his voice and you will hear him. Psalms 46:10. be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth. Just be still and know that I am God. For the wilderness is your life, in your life. It's not just a wilderness, it's holy ground. The midbar, the place of his voice. 
Think about that. The next time you find yourself in what you might consider being in a wilderness, realize, let it leap up in your spirit that that wilderness is the place of his voice. It's where you'll hear him speak. Let me give you some word. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2 through 16. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2 through 16. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these, these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you, to know that what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So be humbled. You allowed. Be humbled. So he humbled you allowed you to hunger and then he fed you with manna which he did which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the lord there's that voice your garments did not wear out on you nor did your foot swell these 40 years you should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord God chastens you. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of the valleys and the hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity in which you will lack nothing a land whose stones are iron and out of those whose hills you can dig copper when you have eaten and are full then you shall bless the lord your god for the good land which he has given you verse 11 says beware that you do not forget the lord your god by not keeping his commandments his judgments and his statutes which I command you today, lest you, when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who fed you through that great and terrible wilderness, in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land, where there was no water. Who brought water for you out of the flint, flinty rock? Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know? What he might humble you, that he might test you to do your good to the end. Listen, man, that's some powerful word. It's Deuteronomy. It's Old Testament. It's old school. But it bears witness in our times of wilderness. We need to understand that he took his own people through a time of wilderness to separate them so that they might hear his voice. He provided for them through that entire time. Can you imagine 40 years of walking around in the wilderness and your clothes didn't wear out? Your feet didn't swell from all the hiking? That That's not natural. That's godly. You were on holy ground. You were in a holy place in a time of wilderness. God will see you to the end. Don't forget who brought you out of it. When, when life becomes good, when you get to the other side, when God does hear your cry, when God pulls you out of the fire, don't forget who did that for you. You don't want to go back into those places. Here's the mission. 
put away the distractions. What what are what are the things that keep you from hearing the Lord? Think about it for a minute. Put away any distraction in your life. Man, it could be it could be your phone. It could be the TV. It could be the music you listen to. It it could be the books you read. It could be the movies you watch. It don't matter. It could be the person you hang out with. Put away the distractions. Carve out some time in your life. And, and, and when you find yourself in those challenges and those struggles, make sure that you spend some time before the Lord. Get away from the distraction. Go into a wilderness, the midbar, and seek the voice of God. You, you find yourself in a wilderness? Listen. Quit whining and crying about how tough it is and listen and God will bring you out of that. Jeremiah 29, 29 1, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. That's a good word right there. Jeremiah 29 1, then, then you will call upon me and you will go and pray to me and I'll listen to you. Man, it's it's but it's it's notice that, that it begins that verse with then, then you will call upon me. It means there's some stuff that needs to happen prior to that. One of the one of the scriptures that's in my text for tomorrow, and, and we've kind of we've heard it taught a lot through our, our lives. I have, uh, and it talks about um, that if you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. You having troubles? You, you struggling? Well, you just resist that devil. He'll have to flee. The problem is, is there's some scripture before that that makes a lot of importance, probably the most importance, because it says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Without the submission, there ain't going to be no fleeing. You've got to get your heart, your mind, and your soul set right with the Lord. You've got to be living for him according to his word in order to hear his voice in order to do or have him do the things that he needs to do for you in order to resist the devil and flee you must be submitted to him you're having a hard time in your life you're struggling through things in your life what are you submitted to are, are you submitted to the lord you know i see this way too often when we um, and I'll try to wrap this up real quick. When I, when, but the one thing I see too often in my time working with, with people today, we oftentimes find ourselves in hardship. We find ourselves maybe in the most challenging place we've ever been in our lives. And we cry out to God. We ask Him, Lord, Lord we need you to help us. Now, now, maybe we weren't living really for God too much when we got ourselves into the mess we were in. Maybe we were. I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of circumstances here. But the, but the problem that I see a lot is people find themselves in these dire straits. They cry out to God to help them. Maybe he does, or maybe he provides help through someone. And, and they find themselves with their feet back on solid ground. Life is good again. Man, he, he solved the problem. He paid the water bill. He paid the electric bill, whatever it might have been. Whatever, maybe it's a relationship status, maybe it's a health issue, whatever it might have been. But God helped help resolve this issue. And then they go back to the life they were living prior to that. And, and to me personally, that's like a slap in the face. 
That, that's like that's like taking for granted everything that God has done for you. Because see, let's say maybe I was in that position that maybe you were in a financial hurt and I helped you financially. And, and boy, you appreciated me helping you financially because it got you out of a jam. But then you wound up not really changing anything. And before you know it, you're back in that jam. And you might ask for help again. But the problem is, is you didn't pay me back from the first time. But yet now you're asking for help again. So I want you to really get an understanding of this. Is sometimes we do this to the Lord. We, and, and oftentimes we do it without really thinking about it. We don't really think we owe him any repayment. And yet we ask him time and time again to give and give and give and give. But we don't want to give anything back to him. And you know what he's asking for us from us? All he's asking for is our relationship. He's asking for our heart. He, he's, he's literally only asking for our life. It's all or nothing. Too much? Maybe you should just live in strife, struggle, challenge. I got news for you. I, I do not know how anyone in this crazy world we live in today lives without a relationship with the Lord. There's no hope outside of him. There's no hope for anything but destruction outside a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're not in one with him, I'd encourage you tonight to find your way to him. It's not that difficult. It's not complicated. God's not complicated. You don't have to go, you know, give away everything you have. You don't have to go pay homage to anything. All you have to do is surrender. Probably one of the most difficult things that any of us will ever do in our life is to surrender to him and allow him to become Lord of our life. Being Lord of my life means he's in control. He makes the decisions for me. He tells me yay or nay. You think about lordship. You know, if, if you have a landlord and you decide, hey, I want to remodel my house, you might ought to talk to the landlord first, right? You're going to add a new feature? Might ought to talk to the landlord first. Make sure he's okay with it. Our life with the Lord is really no different. When, 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 when I want to question my life and I want to question who I am or maybe where I'm going or what I'm watching or what I'm listening to, maybe I ought to spin it by the landlord first because he's the Lord of my life. I have surrendered my life to him. I've given him everything because he is my everything. Without him, I wouldn't be sitting in front of you tonight challenging you to get your life right because this isn't me normal this isn't me pre-christ this is only him in me giving the boldness his holy spirit living through me to speak the things that i speak to you today i encourage you that place of wilderness that place of his voice listen to it because he's calling out to every one of you answer his call answer his call and see what he doesn't do in your life. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, keeping up on our on our podcast. Man, I encourage you, um, tune in on the podcast. Get yourself found on there. I don't I don't know how that even works. Um, I, I'm not really sure how I even managed to get myself on a podcast, but I got one. So you can check it out, Living Loud Outdoors, just like it is here on Facebook, Living Loud Outdoors. 
and you should be able to find everything. It's got a little logo. Uh, that'll soon be changing. We're going to upgrade. We're going to make it look a little more professional. Maybe put my smiling mug on there. Um, we're we're going to try to make some changes, and be, we're going to be doing more with our podcast, so we want to make it more professional and, and, and make it more user-friendly, if you will, um, because I want that word to get out deeper. So I would encourage you, if you do listen to our podcast, um, share it with somebody. Um, man, it things amazes me. You can support us on the podcast if you choose to. You can support us on our giving links on our website and through our Facebook page. Uh, there, there's support options that you can help us financially. We help a lot of other ministries. It's uh, Don't take a salary from this. This isn't paying my way. I wish it was, and maybe someday it will. But right now, we simply use it as a platform to bless other ministries and make sure that they're able to do the things that they want to do uh, through the missions work that they're doing. And we, we love that. We support that wholeheartedly. So I encourage you, if you can, support us financially. We would appreciate it. We would love it. We love you anyway. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for listening. Uh, pray that these, these messages change your heart. And, and feel free, share them. I email them out to 260 people. I don't know whether they get listened to or not. Not my option. All I'm doing is being obedient and sending them. But if you get that email, send it to somebody you might know who's not getting them. Encourage them. Invite them to come listen to us live here on Facebook. Invite them to listen to the podcast. But whatever you do, share the word. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Jesus gave the command to his disciples. That command wasn't just for them. It was for us as well. But it wasn't just to go. It was to share. Share the word of God with all you encounter. Make followers of all nations. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Thank you so much. I am, I'm Rhonda's in the kitchen tonight, and she is cooking. I can smell it. We got stuff coming out of our garden, out of our ears, it looks like. Uh, she got some okra frying in there, and I am digging the smell that's coming into this office tonight, and I'm hurrying to get off of here and get in there. So we love you. Rhonda and I love you. We thank you so much for tuning in. I won't be on here live tomorrow, but you might be able to catch us live at Cimarron Worship Center. You can see that live on Facebook. Hopefully, it'll be up live. If not, that message will get emailed as well as I'll record it. Um, We love you. We appreciate you, and we're praying for you. God bless you guys. Have a great night.